This episode is brought to you by a brand new sponsor of the show, Picmonic. Picmonic is an audiovisual learning system with unforgettable stories and characters to help you remember everything you need to know for PT school and beyond. Used by over 1.5 million students all over the world, Picmonic is perfect for streamlining your studying in an efficient manner. Listeners of the show can use the promo code SNACKBREAK in all caps for a 20% discount, and first-time users can start today for free. Getting access to one learning objective and one Picmonic quiz per day, forever, at zero cost. Available on iOS, Android, and desktop. Once again, listeners of the show can use the promo code SNACKBREAK in all caps at checkout. Happy studying, and let's get right into the show. All right, welcome to episode four of Snack Break. I'm just going to invite our guest here, and we'll get started shortly. Difficulties with this one, so we'll see. Hopefully, this one works out. Um, but some issues with updating Instagram, things like that. I'm sure you guys all experienced the outage earlier this week. Um, so we'll do, we'll do the best we can here, and hopefully, we can get her on shortly. But um, as we wait for her, I'll just give her a quick little background. Um, she is. Oh, here she is. Okay, we might be having the same issue we did before. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Let's see if this works. I got a request. Um, Stephanie, maybe if you request to join me, I can let you in. Let's see if request. Uh, there we go. All right. Despite technical difficulties, here we are. Welcome, welcome to episode four of Snack Break by OrthoSnacks, where we're where we interview physical therapists, fitness professionals, and health and wellness experts. I'm your host, John Schaefer, and today we have a very special guest. Uh, she's a 2008 graduate of Loma Linda's physical therapy program out in California. Um, and she's one of less than less than 10, I understand, um, United States Equestrian Federation certified physical therapist. It's a mouthful. <laughs> um, it was her birthday yesterday. So happy belated birthday. Thank you. <laughs> um, she is Stephanie Saholt. Is that how you say your last name? Schwelt. Schwelt. Okay. That was the yeah. last thing I was going to ask you before we went on. Schwelt. Got it. Um, but thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you taking time to speak with me and my followers. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think um, I'd definitely like to start the conversation just kind of talking about how you got into working with equestrians and horses. So I think it might be most beneficial to go all the way back to 2008, right when you graduated. I mean, did you have any idea that this was going to be something in the cards later down the line or kind of what was the start of your journey? So um, I... Well, let's go further back. Okay. I, in college, I, I started as an undecided major, and um, my mom's a physical therapist, so I didn't want to do physical therapy because my mom does did that. Yeah, that's <laughs> and cool. I was yeah, so I was like a personal fitness business management major, um, and then decided to do physical therapy because I realized like I was kind of cut out for that. <laughs> Um, 
And then when I started PT school, you know, when you're in PT school, there's so many different options that they try and get you exposed to. And um, I knew I loved orthopedics. I knew I loved sports, obviously, from my background in, in like, physical education. And then um, I actually had an interest in doing women's health, which I um, did do for about eight years. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't start with the equestrian stuff until about four or five years ago. So I had no thought, even when we're in school, I don't know if, if you ever did this and if you guys have done this in school, but um, we did some rotations kind of with hippotherapy stuff and people are like, Oh, you should do this, Stephanie. It's perfect. It has horses. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. Cause I'm not really a neuro person. So yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> so no. I had no like idea that I would be doing this. So yeah, because I mean, honestly, it's not something before I came across your page that I even knew existed. Um, so I, I don't know, I just thought it was pretty cool. and I wasn't quite sure how you got exposed to it. Um, but how, how long were you an equestrian? Or have you been an equestrian for? So I've been riding since I was seven. And I just turned 37 yesterday. <laughs> so I've been riding for 30 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah. Um, when what and when was your first patient that you treated that was an equestrian? Um, I'm trying to think if I treated anybody that was an equestrian in the clinic. I, I think probably five years ago is when I started, maybe six, actually maybe six years ago, I started going to competitions and stuff and being like, hey, these people are really out of alignment. They're competing. Mm -hmm. They're poor horses, you know. Um, so I probably around that time, I started um, slowly working with equestrians and just kind of seeing what I could help them with. Gotcha. So I guess I'm curious what the transition was like moving from working full-time in a clinic. I know you mentioned you did women's health for a while, but just kind of transitioning your caseload into working with more equestrians. So it kind of happened about the same time that I had my youngest um, mm -hmm. child. So I was already kind of not back in the clinic full time, which made it a lot easier. Um, and I was called back into the clinic kind of around the same time that I started working with equestrians. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure that a lot of people that watch this will know that pelvic floor physical therapy and women's health physical therapy is a really needed um, mm -hmm. form of physical therapy. Um, so that was interesting to me, which is why I did it. So I, that's why I got called back because they were having a really difficult time finding somebody to treat a few of those patients. Um, but at the same time as that is when I started working with equestrians and I started to really realize a difference that I could make in their, in their riding. And most equestrians, if anybody's watching that's not an equestrian, um, we really care about what we look like when we're sitting on a horse. <laughs> and we really care about the welfare of our horses. And so it, it kind of goes hand in hand in that. Um, a lot of people talk about how the rider affects the horse and all of this stuff. So I was able to kind of tie those two together. But as far as transition-wise, it was pretty seamless because I was already transitioned out of the clinic and um, – not that I was bored with working in the clinic. I wasn't, but I think I just was ready for something different. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, just going back to, you know, the need for <clears throat> public health, physical therapy. So many of my classmates seem like they're interested in it. So I think that needs definitely uh, hopefully get fulfilled a little bit more um, yeah. moving forward. Um, you mentioned, and this is something, I don't know if I that was funny or interesting or what the best way to describe it. Just like the rider impacting the horse and the horse impacting the rider. So is any of your physical therapy actually tailored towards changing the horse's movement or is it mostly working on the rider and then the horse's movement will correct to follow, if that makes sense? So, yeah, that does make sense. So both, I typically go at it from working on the alignment and stability of a rider first mm -hmm. um, because the horse, what they do, and if, and we're not just talking trail riding, so we're talking about like more competition stuff. So what you do as a rider is what tells the horse what to do. So if you're weak on your left side, the horse is not going to get what we call a good aid on that side. And then okay. the, the movement that they're supposed to be doing on that side is not going to be as good of quality as the other side. So most equestrian sports are um, right versus left. Even if they're jumping, they're jumping most horses um, – a rider will knock over the same rail going the same direction um, every time or fall off the same side every time. So um, I usually address it from the rider first. However, there have been a few times when we know it's an issue with the horse and not the rider. Mm -hmm. And I will help like activate a muscle group or stretch somewhere or give a rider a cue um, after I've worked on them off the horse to help facilitate the horse's movement. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And just in your in your description to me, when we talked over the phone earlier, can you can you describe the crip walk again? Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so those of you that watched any of the Snoop Dogg commentary <laughs> for the Olympics, so um, when he was talking about the horse crip walking, that's <laughs> sorry, so funny. That's mainly the type of riders I deal with. So dressage riders. They're the riders that crip walk in the arena. Um, so they're the most like type A, very specific riders out there. So they're the ones that are most inclined to having me work with them as a physio. Mm -hmm. um, and then other riders though around, usually if I'm going to a barn to work with dressage riders, usually other riders, maybe jumpers or Western riders, they're kind of like, what is that girl doing with the table at the barn? And yep. um, yeah, so anyway, but primarily the main um, riders that I work with are dressage riders. Okay. Who are the, Snoop, the Snoop Dogg videos. <laughs> I just think yeah. it helps. I think it's just saying it helps to have that visual for people who haven't been as exposed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I guess, I was kind of looking in line at some of your different clinics you do. So I saw you were in, um, you're in Texas, going to the Bay area, Washington. Yeah. Um, and these are their one day clinics, are they? So it just depends. Um, usually when I'm going, so I'm in Southern California. So usually when I go up to Washington, um, Texas was like a two and a half day clinic last week. Um, if I'm, I go to Florida every year, um, during the winter, um, the kind of the further out I go, the longer I stay. Um, okay. so yeah, it'll be two or three days and some people to choose to do one day. Some people choose to do two days. Mm -hmm. Um, some people are like, sign me up whenever you're here. <laughs> so it just depends okay. on where. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I guess I'm just I'm more curious about kind of the structure of these um, clinics and are, so are people signing up a long time in advance or can you walk into or a little bit of both? No, so usually um, in the horse world, they're very familiar with the term clinic. So what that usually means is that a trainer, a horse trainer will come into a barn from somewhere else and teach each person, they usually have about 45 minutes to an hour sessions, mm -hmm. and um, teach them for that amount of time trying to help improve their riding skills. Then I come in and I've used that same model and I work with riders for one hour. So it's very similar to working in a clinic um, and mm -hmm. they do sign up ahead of time. What happens is that the trainer or there's a barn and then there's a trainer and then the trainer has multiple clients. So usually the trainers are the ones that find me and then they will sign up their whole barn and then plan ahead um, a few months usually ahead of time before I get there. I do have people, I keep a schedule online because I have people that want to come audit the clinic and listen to what I'm saying and maybe are interested in having me come to their barn or have questions and aren't sure if they want to sign up and I usually let them come watch. Okay. So it seems yeah. like, it seems like a situation where it's very connection driven. Like you met yeah. one person kind of then got more involved in the community. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Would you say, so I guess what advice would you have for someone who's more interested um, in getting into a, more of a niche practice like this? Any advice in terms of like networking or things to do early yeah. on? Yeah. Yes. So when I first started this, I way back, whatever, five years ago or six years ago, whatever I said earlier, um, I wanted to be sure that what I was going to offer was going to help people. So I um, ended up giving a lot of free sessions um, okay. to get their feedback. I also would sit in on um, training sessions. So I would try and network with other train horse trainers and mm -hmm. see if I can listen to what they're telling their riders to do, because then I can, most trainers are really focused on what the horse is doing. But if I know what the horse needs to do, I can kind of translate that into what the rider needs to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I was trying to formulate what their goals were since I'm not a trainer. I ride, but I don't know everything as far as that's concerned. Um, and then that's, what I would say to do so and then also I've told people this I had a lot of phone calls last year of, of people that were PTs wanting to get into working with equestrians which is great um, but I said you know it's important to offer a lot of like free work and spend your time educating yourself on what the goal is with whoever you're working with so um, mm -hmm. that's really what I did and then I, I watch a lot of videos of top trainers in the US, I try and sit in on what training sessions are, the clients that I have that are higher level competitors, I try and sit in on their lessons with their trainers, so that mm -hmm. I can just kind of get a better idea of what I need to be tailoring their programs towards. So that's okay. my main thing is like, spend time with the trainers and the coaches so that you can talk to them and really get kind of a feel for what they want to see in their um, athletes. Okay. That's, I guess I had never even thought before about going through, you know, your entire documentation and that you really have to touch on all the same things, whether or not you're documenting it um, just in terms of what their goals are, what, yep. what they're trying to get back to. Um, so is most of your, 
Is most of your time with these clinics more movement analysis preventative or is it treating a lot of people who are already injured? So more movement analysis or movement enhancement. Um, most of the people that I see are not injured um, at the time. Most, most equestrians have major injuries. Um, and so I do have to take that in mind when I'm stretching somebody or giving somebody an exercise mm -hmm. to do. Um, so most of it is trying to enhance their body position and their alignment on the horse and then their muscle balance on right and left. Okay. Awesome. Um, and then, so I saw that you're also kind of starting to work on a Pilates program online. What's, what's the development of that been like? So it's way more than I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> but it's been really good. Uh, I came up with the idea last year. Um, I've had a lot of clients like through COVID. They're like, can you please put out videos? And it's really difficult because what I what I do is very specific to um, each person. And so I can't just give and, and you guys will know or those of you that are in in the clinic, you can't just give the same exercises to the same people because it doesn't get the same result. So I kind of wanted to do something more broad. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we have a subscription program on my website and um, there's, we put out four new videos a month and each um, subscriber gets those videos as many, I and mean, they can watch it as many times as they want through the month. And I, I've been having good results. I've had a couple of riders in clinics that have been pretty diligent with their exercise program um, with the Pilates exercises and it's improved their balance and stuff for sure, which is really cool. Awesome. Um, do you have any advice for anyone who's thinking about maybe developing an online program in the future? Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, hire somebody because <laughs> that makes it so much easier. I'm, I'm the type of person that tries to do stuff myself, but mm -hmm. I found in the long, there's a certain point where that works, but I, um, especially with technology, like we experienced earlier, <laughs> I am not, um, that is not my forte. So I have hired someone. She does my website for me. She's amazing. Um, if any of you like my website, I can give you her information. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, um, gotta love those who know what they're Yeah, so, but she's just been so helpful because she's kind of in the equestrian industry too, so she kind of knew what, what I was looking for. Um, but then it was super helpful when I went in and was like, this is what I want, and can you make this happen? And then we talked about different options. So, that's my main thing as far as making the videos. Um, I do that myself. Um, mm -hmm. I have a video editing program and stuff. And it does take time, but I'm kind of looking towards the future. You know, sure. you have to kind of sometimes front load it with a lot of work and then later reap the benefit. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. I know I've found just with creating content, if you can kind of set aside one day to do a lot. Yeah. It makes the next week or two a lot easier and then you're not going yep. to catch up. Um, but I guess my last question about what you're doing right now um, would be what, um, what would you say to a student who's maybe interested in working with equestrians in the future? What kinds of things can they do now to prepare themselves um, and make sure that they're, you know, finding these opportunities? Because it doesn't seem like it, it's a, um, a subfield of PT that has, gets a lot of exposure. 
No, you know, it's a relatively new field in the U.S. Um, it's been around for Europe for a long time. Um, and if you look at com competition stuff, usually the European teams do better than the U.S. So um, I would say it's, gr it's definitely growing. There's probably more than 10 physios that work with equestrians, but I'm one of only a few that do it full time. Okay. Um, and then that travel everywhere. A lot of people just kind of want to stay in their own area. But I would say my main thing talking to people that are interested in, in doing what I do is to um, really get a good background in um, orthopedics and sports um, mm -hmm. and spending time in an ortho clinic working for a while because even though I'm not doing anything treating pain necessarily always or or any rehab I have to keep that in the back of my mind when I'm working mm -hmm. on different age groups of riders because I see riders there's people that are riding horses that are in their 70s and 80s even and so you have to know how to fix them if you're if something doesn't work out like it needs to um mm -hmm. that's my biggest advice the other advice i would say is if somebody is interested in working with equestrians it's super important to be an equestrian yourself so if somebody doesn't ride and they want to do this they really need to go out and start riding yeah. <laughs> um, the reason I say that is because uh, I'll have a lot of patients with back injuries or post-op back surgery that their doctor tells them, and this is not a slam on doctors at all. It's just they don't ride, so they don't know. Um, they'll say, don't ride. And a lot of people that don't ride think you're just sitting there on the horse and, like, there's all these compression forces happening yeah. on the horse, when in reality it's actually the opposite. If you're riding correctly, you're actually – it's like the best transverse abdominal oblique exercise you'll ever have <laughs> um, because you're using that and it's actually distract. So it's actually doing opposite of what they think. So that's probably the two most important things um, if someone wanted to get into what I do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I really liked what you said about um, making sure you're watching all kinds of videos of these different movements, because I feel like, especially starting out, there's no way you're going to be able to, you know, see a bunch of patients um, go through these motions. So you got to find supplementary um, ways to make sure you're continuing to now analyze and uh, yeah. learn those movements. That's really cool. All right. Um, and then I've got five questions I asked all my guests. Are you up for them? Yep. All right. First question is, Stephanie, what is your biggest key to a successful day? So my biggest key to a successful day is to be able to help one person. Okay. So I feel like if I can help one person and make a difference in one person's ride, then I've succeeded for the day. And then all the rest is just extra and makes it even better. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I think sometimes we set, <laughs> we set our goals so, so big um, that sometimes we forget about some of the smaller goals we reach along the way. So yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Next question I have for you is, uh, what do you wish you would have known five years ago or something that you feel like would have been impactful here earlier on? Um, really, I think what would have been impactful is don't bite off more than you can chew because that really, I, I think as physical therapists, we're very usually giving type of personality and, mm -hmm. and it's 
really important to only do what you are capable of doing at that time. So it's hard. And I told you this when we spoke over the phone. That's been one of my biggest um, yep. issues owning my own business is, uh, you know, the scheduling and wanting to say yes to everybody. So mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, I would say that's probably something that even now I still need to work on. Whoops. Sorry. You there? Yep. Oh, no, I think that was me. I just got a low battery warning, but we should be good. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I feel like, especially when you're working uh, in more of a, a niche category, like we talked about, um, you're spending so much time focusing on this one, this one uh, subgroup or population and riders that you've gotten so good at working with them. I don't know if you're work, if you're just mixing them in kind of here and there, you're not going to be nearly as good as you've gotten. So I think that definitely nothing wrong with focusing on fewer things rather than spreading yourself too thin, like you said. Um, is there any book or product that you've uh, encountered in the last three months that's been influential for you? So it's not been in the last three months, but I was excited to answer this question. So Theraband changes my life on a daily basis. <laughs> um, I use that so much because it's so diverse and I can, I come up with new things for riders all the time with it. And I like, love that product. I buy it by the roll and take it around with me. Yeah. What, what is it? One more time. Ther Theraband. Oh, Theraband. Yeah. Okay. Exercise band. It changes my life on a daily basis. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Um, <laughs> It's simple, but it's totally true. Yeah, def definitely impactful for us physical therapists. So yes. I like it. Um, and the next question, what is there any single quote or kind of mantra that you've adopted or lived by? Yeah, don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do something. Um, so I was told when I was in college, when I was switching my major over from a fitness major to pre-physical therapy, that I wouldn't be able to get my coursework done by the end of my third year of college. Mm -hmm. And it was a counselor that told me that. So I said, okay, well, whatever. So I went back to my dorm room and planned out the whole rest of my schedule. Um, that was just, I'm um, date. Well, I told you guys all how old I was, but I, secrets I, out. yeah, the secrets out. I, um, <laughs> I I went back and, and it was at the beginning of when when online classes were starting to happen. So mm -hmm. I was able to take I think I took four online classes and um, got into PT school a little bit early. So that was cool. And then you know mm -hmm. just I've always kind of lived by that anyway. Um, and. Just, you know, just see what you can do. Like, you only know what you can do. Nobody else can tell you how or what you can do. Yeah. Professionally. Professionally. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I mean, there's so, I'm sure there's several times along the way you could have stopped, but you kept going and looked at you now. So, yes. good stuff. And then final question for you, Stephanie. What is your favorite snack? Oh, man, that's such a hard question because I love snacks. Especially with what I do, I snack all day. I would say a banana with some peanut butter is my favorite snack. 
Tried and true. I like it. <laughs> yep, that's I think that's my favorite snack. I like I like it every time. So. <laughs> Well, th thank you so much again for taking time to talk with me today. Um, if people want to follow you, follow your journey, get more information, where can they find you? You can find me at rideadvancedphysio.com, um, on YouTube at Advanced Physio, um, on Instagram at Ride Advanced, and on Facebook at, I think it's just Ride Advanced Physio on Facebook. I don't really remember Ride Advanced that. Physio. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, right else? again, you see? Ooh, I like the hat. <laughs> Thanks. Um, anything else you want to say to any of my followers before we head out? No, just if anyone has questions, feel free to reach out. Um, I have a huge heart for helping students. I really enjoy teaching. So if anyone's interested in anything I do, um, yeah, reach out and I'm happy to answer questions. And that's all. All right. Very cool. Well, keep up the awesome work, Stephanie. You're doing great things. Thank you so much. Yep. Have an awesome rest of your week. Bye. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.